following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Brady. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Give the Lord a great hand clap. To you next door, we praise with you. Give the Lord a good hand clap next door. We're happy to have you today in church. I am Rex. I am Pastor Rex. Somebody called me Pastor Jay today. I hadn't heard that in a long time, but it kind of stuck. It felt good. Pastor Jay, he's okay all the way. (laughs) I've been doing this a long time here, and, and I love people, and we love people at CLC, and what a joy. I heard something on the sports station this week that I laughed at. You know, last Sunday, Tiger Woods came back from uh, 15, 14 years of, of no majors, and he won the Masters last week. And somebody called a radio station and said, God missed Mass last Sunday. He was down at Augusta watching Tiger. And our prayer pastor, Brother Kelly Howard, had his green jacket on today, and he was making golf swings on the front porch. It didn't look anything like Tiger Woods golf swing, but he wore the green jacket. It rained last Sunday, and it's raining today. It rained last Sunday outside, but the rain of God is on the inside today. And what a joy. What a joy to see you. It's just an honor to see you. And if you're a guest today, that was me on the front porch. That was me out there. I I wasn't incognito. That was me hugging on your neck and welcoming you. And we're happy to have you at Christian Life today. And we celebrate you. And next door, we celebrate you. And we'll be going live next session. And we'll be celebrating people all over the world in the next session, thanking God that they're listening and watching what we're doing. Wednesday night, we had Ricardo Sanchez here. And we, we, we uh, sent that out via Facebook and we had over 2,000 guests join us online and we welcomed all those guests and we welcome all the people that'll be watching today. But you're in the house today. Give yourself a hand for being in God's house today. Amen. I, I've got guests here today and, and, and I'm not going to call them out, but what a joy to have them. I'm going to speak today on surprised he got out. That's not like an old West Texas boy. He got out. A Sunday school teacher asked her class to write one sentence each on what Easter means to me. And one little old kid wrote egg salad sandwiches for the next two weeks. <laughs> While driving to church on Easter Sunday, a mother told her children the Easter story. She said, this is the day we celebrate Jesus coming back to life. And right away, her three-year-old son piped up from the back seat. Will he be in church today? (laughs) Yeah, he's here, son. I read about a pastor when he was in high school. He and a friend would pull great pranks, and one of them owned a car. And they had a back seat that when they they could lift the upper, the the back part of the, uh, the seat, and it would lift up, and they could slide somebody into the trunk and then shut the seat again. And one would hide in that trunk while the other drove and picked up an unsuspecting friend And the two guys in the front would get involved in a conversation. Meanwhile, the one hiding in the trunk would lift the back seat up, slide out, and take his place in the back seat. And when it was convenient, he would suddenly join the conversation. (laughs) Surprise. Some people actually passed out, they say. I don't much like surprises, but if I had to choose one word to characterize the reaction of Jesus' followers the first Sunday, Easter Sunday, it would be surprise. They shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise us that they were surprised because we have people today that think the earth is flat and Jesus never got up. 
But Jesus got up. The resurrection is the most astounding event in human history. Can you clap for that right now? It's an event. I read about a church in Bangladesh was showing a film about life and death and the resurrection of Jesus and the audience were people who had never heard the gospel. And a little kid sat on the front and in the aisles. The adults stood in the back. And as the story of the crucifixion unfolded and Jesus' broken body was laid in the tomb, there were tears and audible gasps from the congregation. And as the affected audience watched, one little boy suddenly spoke up and said, don't be afraid, folks. He gets up again. I saw it before. And I'm so glad that he got up again. Pastor tells of driving his five-year-old son past the local cemetery. And of course, five-year-olds sometimes have an interesting perspective on things. And the child noticed in a large pile of dirt beside a newly excavated grave pointed and said, look, dad, one got out. And that's what I want to talk about today. The pastor laughed at the time, but he writes, every time I pass a graveyard, I'm reminded of the one who got out. Well, I'm patting my foot right now. I'm so happy to celebrate that today because we believe in this church, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on, clap your hands. Nikola Bukharin who was a Russian communist leader during the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, spoke in Kiev in 1930 on atheism. And he went for about an hour bashing Christianity and bashing the Christians with all of his creeds and all of his theories and all of his ideas. And when he was finished, he said, are there any questions? And there was a deafening silence in the whole auditorium. And one man approached the platform, unafraid, surveyed the crowd, looked to his left, looked to his right. Then he shouted the ancient and well-known greeting of the Russian Orthodox Church when he said, Christ is risen. And the crowd as one arose and responded like thunder, he is risen indeed. So why don't we practice that right now? I'm going to say the first part, you say the second part. Christ is risen. Oh, come on. (laughs) The Russians do better than that. Come on. Christ is risen. (laughs) Y'all need a director. The women were the first to the tomb. And imagine their surprise when they discovered that Jesus got out. But why Sunday morning? Why the first day of the week? They had some unfinished business. They came to anoint his body for burial. They didn't get to finish on Friday before The Sabbath came, and so they came back to anoint. They was going to roll the stone away and go in and anoint his body. And when they came back to the tomb on on Sunday morning, something had happened. Luke 24 said, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone that did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the leaven. And to all the others, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Say, thank God for the word today. Cartoon of the women after they had visited the tomb. I read about a cartoon on Easter morning. One woman's kneeling down and weeping in joy, and the other is looking at her basket and commenting with a scowl on her face. Well, I hope you kept the receipt from the store for all those burial spices. We need to take it back and get our money back. 
Oh, I doubt any of the women worried about the cost of the spices that morning, but surprise, folks, he got out. He's alive today. So today I'm going to present four quarters. I enjoy games and I like basketball and I like football and I hate baseball, but I like the rest of them. And I'm going to present four quarters of surprising elements of the first Easter. See, they're grace elements. I love this time of the year. Do you? I love it. The blue bonnets, blue bonnets are blooming. The allergies are abounding. And God's creation is viewed so differently in these times. Grace is on the lips of any pastor of merit. There's a warmth in the house of God. A prevailing presence of the Christ radiates. And I put it on the screen. I love that Jesus is preached today. I love that. Jesus is preached today. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad he fulfilled the law and gave you a chance under grace and truth? I love to preach grace. I love to feel grace. I love to see grace on display. And Jesus Christ was grace and truth embodied. He was a walking love, a picture of how an invisible God, if incarnated, would handle men and women's lives from the deliverance of the demoniac in Gadara that had 2,000 demons to the healing of 10 lepers one day, to the blind, the mute, the deaf, and raising the dead, and even Lazarus in John 11, when he called him by name, Lazarus come forth. Jesus was God's flesh representative on earth. And I want to talk about this living grace today. So quarter number one, quarter number one, let's go. Let's start this game. Let's start this message. Who was the first to the tomb? It was women. All you husbands duck your head and say, I don't know why I wasn't there. You know where you were, men? You was hiding behind walls. You was hiding behind doors because you were scared to death. Because you really thought you had a general that was going to overthrow the Roman government. But what you had was a savior that was going to take away the sins of the world. You realize, you didn't realize what it was that you were worshiping in this earth. But the women, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all declare that women were there first. But one name appears in all four Gospels. The other names do not appear. One name, the name Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Now let's consider Mary. I love the name, but I hate where it came from. In those days, a woman's testimony was considered inferior to men. You know why? Because the men wouldn't let women talk. But you ladies ought to thank God that Jesus Christ came. Because he broke down the middle wall of petition and allowed women to have a place just like men in the house of God. And I want to thank God for every woman here that's worshiping today because you went to the tomb and saw Jesus was not there. But Mary Magdalene was from a town with a bad reputation. Magdala was a town so steeped in sin and wild living that rabbis later attributed its fall to licentiousness. It was a Roman military town where prostitutes hung out. Mary was one of them. Mary Magdalene had once been possessed by seven devils. Women couldn't be heard in their testimony. She was from a bad town. She had been possessed with seven devils. And Luke 8 and 2 said, Mary called Magdalene out of whom had come seven demons. Whether they were mental or whether they were moral, it was seven demons. And yet, are you ready for this? She was the first ambassador of the resurrection. Somebody help me preach right now. She was the first. And what you may not know, 
is some theologians think that in John 8, she was the woman caught in the very act of adultery that came and the men wanted to stone her because Moses' law said to stone her. But they asked Jesus, what are you saying? He gave, they gave grace a chance to deal in her life. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And I'm here to declare right now that it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter where you've come from. You're in the house of God today and you're serving a resurrected Christ and he can make you an ambassador. Woo! Later in Luke chapter seven, she's at Simon, the, Jesus is at Simon the Pharisee's house and she comes slipping in behind the Lord with an alabaster box. They said later it was worth a whole year's wages. And she got in front of Jesus and she got down and began to weep over his feet. You know why she wept? Because it was probably he saved her from a stoning when she was caught in the very act of adultery. But Jesus said, I need you to be alive because where there is much forgiveness, there's a whole lot of love. And women, that, women and men that have been forgiven a lot love a lot. And you can tell by the way a person worships if they really feel like they've been forgiven much. Because see, some people think they don't have to be forgiven of anything. They think they're just good the way they are. Listen, there's nobody good enough to go to heaven without Jesus Christ in your life. Come on, somebody, help me preach right now. You need Jesus in your life. Come on, I, I need some audience response right now. Give me a hand clap. You need Jesus in your life. And when she broke open that bottle after wiping his feet with her hair, she poured that alabaster box of ointment on his feet and the ointment filled the room. And she was criticized by the men in the room, but not by Jesus. He said, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. And she understood that that day her life changed. See, Easter's not only about life beyond the grave. It's about a new life of grace and acceptance that's available here and now. Ambassador Mary taught me that. Mary went up and told Peter and John about the missing Jesus and Jesus and Peter and John came and left and she remained. Then something precious happened. Jesus appeared to her. He was the first, she was the first one he appeared to after his resurrection. The ambassador needs to know what the president wants to hear and say. Then he spoke to her. His first post-resurrection conversation was with her. He said, woman, why are you weeping? Who do you seek? And she didn't recognize the new look because he was resurrected. He combed his hair different. I don't know. I don't know. But I know he didn't, he wasn't recognized in the early morning light. Then he said, Mary, Mary. He didn't call her. Hey, woman that's been possessed with seven devils and I fixed you. Hey, girl that was caught in the very act of adultery and I forgave you. Hey, lady of the night from Magdala. Come here. He said, Mary, because resurrection proves that no matter what your circumstances before the cross and before the burial and before the resurrection, when that all happens, you have a name with Jesus. Can I declare to you this morning, it didn't matter how you came into this house today. What matters is how you go out of here. You might have come in today saying, I'm lost in alcoholism. I'm lost in drugs. But when you walk out of here, you're going to say, wow, he knows who I am, even though I'm lost in that. And he wants you to be an ambassador of the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
Not just a person, not a number, not a mistake, not a loser, not a date or a place of failure. He gives all an identity on resurrection day. He gives you a get out pass. Somebody say, I want to get out of some of the things that's got me in. He said to her, all hail. I love that. Now, some of you say that other word, hail, H-E-double-L, but this is a different hail. This is a greeting. It means good night and good morning. And what he said to her, lady, go spread this gospel. Say good night to your past and say good morning to your new day. If I didn't preach anything else today, that's enough to take you out of here and say, wow, pastor told me good night to my yesterday and hello to a new day. That's what it's all about. Clap for the resurrection today. It's an awesome thing. Second quarter, we kind of whipped the devil in the first quarter. Second quarter, the words of the angels to the women. Mark 16, tell the disciples and Peter to come see me in Galilee. Isn't it amazing that Mark, the book of Mark, is the only gospel writer that addresses the situation of a man named Peter. Peter had denied the Lord on Thursday night three times. And he cursed about even knowing him. And all four writers spoke of Peter's life. But here's what's interesting. Only one of the four writers told of his walk on the water. Anybody remember Pete walking on the water? He used to have a man in my church that said, I want to walk on water like Peter so I can have his faith. And we stopped by a place one time on a cold day coming back from Waco and I saw some ice. I said, get out there and walk on it, son. He laughed. He didn't get out and we drove on. He had his chance. But isn't it amazing that only one person talked about the good stuff of Peter and all addressed about the bad stuff of Peter. They talked about his denial, but nobody wrote except one writer about him walking on the water. See, people have a way of addressing the negative in our lives and overlooking the positive. My daddy told me, son, if you're going to be a preacher, you got to understand there may be 95% bad in a person, but he'll have 5% good. It's your job to get the good out of him and make him a better person. And I want to tell everybody here right now that you're in a house that you'll never walk out of here feeling like that somebody preached down to you or talked to you like you didn't work, it wasn't worth anything. You matter to this church. You matter to the kingdom and you matter to this pastor. And I promise you, if you're not in the house, we will miss you. And we'll send somebody out to say, hey, Pete, Jesus wants to meet you. See, Mark knew what it was like. Here's why Mark wrote it. He knew what it was like to be excluded from ministry for 16 years. Because of a single mistake. He had failed in man's eyes. So Paul, Paul the apostle, they wrote half the New Testament, sent him home, said, get out of here. You're not worthy to be in the ministry. And for 16 years, he was gone. He was not allowed to continue. And Paul called him not profitable for the ministry. And even though his mom held the prayer meeting that got Peter out of prison in Acts 12. And even though his uncle was Barnabas, who was her brother was a son of consolation that traveled with Paul. He still couldn't keep him there because Paul said, go home. So it blew him away that Jesus on the morning of resurrection would tell an angel to say to the women, tell the disciples and Peter. He used the name Peter, not Simon. 
Simon was his first name. He called a man who had cursed and said, I don't know this man and had denied him three times. He didn't call him Simon, which means read. He called him Peter, which means rock. Go tell the rock. I need to see him. Go tell Dwayne Johnson. I need to see him. Boy, I feel like preaching today. And I, he forgave Peter and put him back in the picture. And he preached the first message of the church in the book of Acts. Surprise. He got out. He got out. Quarter number three. Half time's over now. Second half now. And I could preach. I could walk all over this place and preach. But some of y'all would think I was losing my mind pacing. But Jesus told the angels to say, tell the disciples to meet me at Galilee in Mark 16. Everybody say Galilee. Galilee. Wow, Galilee. I got something unique I'm going to share with you about Galilee. See, Palestine was divided into three regions, Galilee, Judea, and Samaria. And Judea and Samaria were mentioned much in Scripture. In fact, in Acts 1 and 8, the witness was to extend, watch this now, to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts. Galilee wasn't even mentioned. You know why? Because Jesus met them after his resurrection himself. And on the day of Pentecost, when the spirit of God was poured out, the people were making fun of them, said they're just ignorant Galileans. They don't know how to talk another language, but they were talking another language like they had been skilled and had doctor's degrees in language and linguistic ideology. And, 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 and Jesus had went to Galilee himself and converted the whole country. Because what you have to understand, 32 of his parables that he gave, 19 were to the Galileans. 25 of his 33 miracles were in Galilee. Why Galilee? Why there for a meeting place? Because the original meeting of Galilee is the place where the heathen dwells. (laughs) I love that. Look at your neighbor and say, you might think you're real sharp, but we're a little heathen. Watch some of you dance on Friday night. I'm a professor at the university. But you got a little heathen in you, don't you, huh? Come on, let me preach to you. You got a little heathen in you. You know what slang for Galilee is? The boondocks. Johnny Rivers sung a song about it down in the boondocks. People put me down because that's the side of town I was born in. The angel told the women, Galilee. And what Jesus was saying to the angels to tell the women, I need to get to someone that still wants miracles in their lives. I will meet you at the boondock. Someone that wants the word preached to them. Someone that loves my kindness. That believes what I speak to be true. That will not only hear, but do the will of my father. And he said, in essence, I'm tired of tradition. I'm looking for hunger. Hallelujah. Does anybody still hunger and thirst for the God of heaven in your life? Come on. It's all right to clap. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. You will be filled because he will show up where hunger is. Hallelujah. If you're hungry, that's where you'll find Jesus. Because he'll get that straightened out. So at least you can do this. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we dress up on Easter, but Jesus knows what's in here. 
I got on some of the most beautiful blue slacks in the history of churchdom today. And nobody commented on them except one person. She said, I like that color blue. I said, thank you. You're the saint of the day. But God knows what's in here. Let's finish this up. Fourth quarter. Finish this up. I told you if you ever came to this church, you'd love our music, but you'd have to put up with me for about 25 minutes. Fourth quarter. Everybody say, this is the third day. This is the third day. This is Resurrection Sunday. Disciples on the road to Emmaus were heartbroken. It's a seven and a half mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. In Luke 24, verse 13 through 35, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of tell the story. Emmaus means hot baths. I think it's kind of cool that they were on their way from Jerusalem. They were frustrated. They were tormented by the fact that Jesus had died. They had seen it. He was buried. They saw that. But when the stone was rolled away and nobody could find him, they was on their way home and they needed a hot bath to get off all the stuff of what didn't happen. And they were talking among themselves and, and all of a sudden a person appears to them and said, why are you sad while you walk? Why are you so sad? And Cleophas answered and said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happened there in the last few days? And Jesus said, what things? I love his humor. What are you talking about? You like my new look? I'm I'm resurrected. I still may have the scars. I still may bear them in my body when you see me on the other side. But I'm not trapped by religion anymore. I'm not trapped by people that want to take away my privileges anymore. I'm alive now. I'm resurrected now. And they didn't recognize the resurrected Savior. Some of us need a recognition class to recognize that Jesus is alive today. Somebody rejoice with me on that. He ain't going to look the same that he looked on the way to the cross and on the way to Golgotha. He's got a brand new look now. And I want to declare there's two precious ladies that are sisters in this church that just lost their mom and just had their funeral this the other day. And I want to tell them that when they see her on the other side, she'll have a new look. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I still believe that there's a heaven one day we're all going to go to that trust in the Lord. And when we get there, we're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new life. One old boy used to sing, I'm going to have a new body and have a new wife. No, it's not about that. We're going to have a new body and have a new life. And Jesus wasn't recognized by Mary in the garden. He wasn't recognized by the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Because they were too sad to see the glory of the victory of the resurrection. Randy, if you'll help me. And the Bible said, besides all this, today is the third day. They said, since these things happen. And the women, they said, arrived at the tomb early. When they didn't find the body, they came saying they also had seen a vision. They didn't even say they saw. They said they saw. had a vision who said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. 
Should not the Christ have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them all the scriptures that the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to Emmaus, the place of the hot baths, where they were going. And he indicated he would go further, but they constrained him. Say, abide with us. And he went home with them, and they made him dinner. And when they sat down at the table, the three men, he broke bread and blessed it. And their eyes were opened. And he, he vanished from their presence. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the way? And so they went back and found the disciples and they said, the Lord is risen indeed. That's what you said a while ago. And has appeared to Simon. They called him Simon. <laughs> they were still on his bad side. <laughs> Jesus called him Peter. He saw the good side in him. Hear this pastor. Four little things I want to tell you. Quit living in the past. Quit it. Everybody say stop it. Number two, things are not as they seem. Some people think that there's some people that really need a lot of Jesus and they probably need more Jesus in their life than the person they say needs Jesus. They're not as they seem. They're not as they seem. Jesus loves to dwell with the hungry. Do you believe that? And my fourth point is don't quit on the Lord on the third day. Don't quit. If you have to eat a Sonic hot dog today, instead of a roast dinner, don't quit on Jesus today. If you go home to an empty house and you don't have family to greet you and nobody celebrates Jesus with you, don't quit on Jesus today. If you're suffering in your body from an infection, from a disease, from a problem, mentally, if there's some moral situations in your life, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, don't quit on Jesus today. It's the third day. He got out. He wants to get you out because he's a get out God. And I want to close with this. You need to make the resurrection your friend, not an event. See, the resurrection really is not an event. It's a man. He said in John 11, I am the resurrection. And when you make him not an event, but him your resurrection, he'll be your resurrection tomorrow. He'll be your resurrection on Tuesday. He'll be your resurrection on Wednesday. He'll be your resurrection on Thursday. He'll be your resurrection on Friday. You know the next day, Saturday. He's a resurrecting Savior every day. In fact, next Sunday, we're having Easter too. Come on back next Sunday. We're going to celebrate resurrection again right here in this house. I close with a cute story. Mark Twain said, the more I know about people, the better I like dogs. I read a book one time about dogs. I didn't think I'd ever use it in the pulpit, but here it goes. There was a a man that saw a fight between a bread dog and a mongrel. The mongrel roamed the streets looking for food and the breed dog got good food every night. Got the best, got the best shelter, the best bed, the best home. But the mongrel had to scratch for everything he got. They got in a brawl and the man witnessed it and the mongrel was looking like he was going to die. He's gonna get whipped. The breed dog was so much better. 
It looked like it was lights out, he said, for the mongrel dog. And then the man wrote this in his book. He said, but somewhere from a place called heart, that mongrel dog on his back said, and the man quoted what the dog said. He didn't speak to the man, he just quoted He said, the mongrel said, I'm not going to die today. This is not my day to die. I'm going to live today. I'm going to live today. Hallelujah. I lost two of my family members in 1981, just before Easter. My wife, my boy. And I wanted to walk away from preaching in the ministry because I just didn't feel like I could do it anymore. But it was that year that I realized that resurrection is not an event. It's a person. And Jesus was my resurrection in 1981. And I, I buried them on a Monday the next Sunday I just couldn't preach six days later I just couldn't but I went to church but the next Sunday I could not preach I was compelled to preach the gospel because the resurrection man called me by name and said it doesn't matter what your history was it doesn't matter how bad you've been beaten up it doesn't matter how bad life is you've got to be an ambassador for the resurrection And today I preach about Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and life. Stand to your feet, clap your hands. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh yeah. Bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. Nobody looking. But if you'd like, if you'd like for Jesus to come into your life, maybe you've never made the choice, the decision that you need to make today. If you'd like for him to come into your life, I wish you'd raise your hand. I'm the only one looking, I promise. Raise your hand. Keep it up, keep it up. Hallelujah. Keep it up. It's all right. It's all right. No matter what you pass. Thank you. Thank you. Balcony. All right. I see you. I see you. God bless you. Put your hands down. Now I want us to do this all together. Okay. We're going to do this all together. So nobody will be embarrassed. See, because everybody can be an ambassador for the resurrection. Everybody. You ready? Jesus. I love you today. Please, Lord. Come into my life. Wash me. Clean. Make me. Whole. Deliver me. Completely. I will be. An ambassador. Of the resurrection. Of Jesus Christ. For the rest of my life. I claim you. As Lord. And Savior of my life now for you that know how to pray that was simple for you that don't know how to pray that was drastic 
But I want you to lift your hands now and say, I receive everything God has for me. Come on, throw your hands up. I receive everything he has for me. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. And I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you have a blessed day. Turn to somebody beside you. I got to come to church. 